Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 3, Chapter 10, On the Joy of Serving God and Scorning the World. The Learner, You and I. Lord, I cannot keep silent. I will now speak yet again, utter my mind in the ears of my God, my Lord, my King, who dwells on high. What treasures of loving kindness, Lord, do you store up for the men who fear you? But what are you to those who love you? to those who serve you with all their heart. There are no words to describe the sweetness of that sight of yourself, which you lavish on those who love you. No greater proof have you shown me of the tenderness of your love for me than this, that when I had no being, you brought me into existence, and that when I went straying far from you, you brought me back to your service and taught me to love you. O spring of unfailing love, what am I to say about you? How can I forget you, who did not disdain to remember me, even when I was rotten with sin and lost to grace? You have shown mercy to your servant beyond anything he could have hoped for, beyond anything he deserved. You have given him your grace and your friendship. How can I pay you back for grace such as that? It is not given to everyone to forsake all things, abjure the world, and take up the monastic life. Is there anything so very wonderful in my serving you? After all, the whole of creation is bound to do that. No, I ought not to think I am doing anything wonderful in serving you. What really does astound me is that after all your greatness, you are willing to have as your servant a poor good-for-nothing like me, willing to rank him with your best beloved servants. You know, Lord, everything I have is yours, even the very tools of my service, but really it's the other way about. You serve me rather than I you, heaven and earth, which you made for the use of man. Stand ready to be of service, fulfilling day in, day out, whatever commands you give them. And that's nothing. Why, you have appointed the very angels to serve the needs of man. But all this is far surpassed by your stooping to serve man yourself, your promise to give yourself to him. What shall I give you in return for all these innumerable kindnesses? Oh, if only I could serve you all the days of my life. If only I were good enough to serve you worthily, even for a single day. You are indeed worthy of all service, all honor and praise without end. You are indeed my Lord, and I your poor servant, bound to serve you with all my might. I should never grow weary of praising you. That is what I want to do. That is my desire. Whatever in me is wanting, I count on your kindness to make good. A great honor it is, a thing to be make one really proud, to be in your service, and for your sake, to despise everything else. Great will be the grace bestowed on those 
who have volunteered to be in your most holy service, men who for love of you have renounced all the pleasures of the flesh, will find instead the comfort of the Holy Ghost in all its sweetness. Those who for the sake of your name enter the narrow way and have nothing to do with worldly employments will be rewarded with great spiritual freedom. How joyful and pleasant a thing it is to serve God. It is by serving him that man becomes truly free and holy. How blessed is the lot of those who serve God in the religious life. Such a life makes man the equal of angels, pleasing to God, terrible to devils, and a model for all the faithful. How enviable, how desirable is the service of God. By it, we earn the sum of all that is good, and the joy with which our service is rewarded is one that will have no end. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide, amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, mirror of the divine life, pattern of humility, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Joy is an effect of love. Joy is resting in the good that we love, that we've desired, and that we now possess. And when that good is a good of the soul, a spiritual good, it brings true joy. There is a resting in the good that we call pleasure, having a nice hot bath, a great meal, something very pleasing to drink. All these things bring a bodily pleasure, and pleasure is good. Pleasure is a sign of something healthy going on. There's pleasure when we see a beautiful, interesting painting, for example, or hear something beautifully played, or read something beautifully written. There is a pleasure that comes with the senses being satisfied. But then there is a joy that comes with a spiritual good, good of the soul, a good of the mind. The joy that comes from friendship. And this joy, our Lord promises us. He promises that those who serve him will have his joy and our joy will be complete. Think of St. John the Baptist in the Bible. He was a man of joy. Yes, he fasted. Yes, he ate locust and wild honey. Yes, he dressed very simply. Yes, he lived in the desert for a long time. Yes, he was arrested. And yet, what did he say? He said, my joy is complete. He says, the friend of the bridegroom rejoices to hear the bridegroom's voice. St. John the Baptist leapt for joy in his mother's womb. He leapt for joy when he received the grace of Christ, when he knew he was in the service of Christ. And so there are crosses, there are difficulties, but the Lord promises us that amidst all of these, there is joy, the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit, the joy that comes from knowing that we are loved by Jesus Christ, that we are loved by God the Father, 
that God is ours and that we are his. And that no evil ultimately can hurt us. And that all things work for the good of those who love God. And no matter how insignificant we seem to be, no matter how poor we seem to be in the following of the Lord, he is making something beautiful out of us. He is working all things for our good. And this is the source of our joy, the Lord's friendship, the Lord's goodness to us, our union with Christ, resting in the true good. Why do you call me good, Jesus says to the rich young man. No one is good but God alone. Jesus is God. He's God the Son. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. And how do we know that Christ Jesus loves us? He gives us two reasons we want to end with tonight. The first is that we were created. The proof of God's love for us is that when we had no being, he brought us into existence. Love wills the good of the other. True love wants the other to be happy. And God gave us existence when we didn't have existence. God's love creates goodness. We love things that are already good. We respond to good things. But God's love is first. And the only reason we exist, why do we exist? Because he loves us. He wanted to bring us into his friendship. And the second proof is that when we had lost that friendship, when we had turned away from God, when we lacked forgiveness and mercy and hope, God willed good to us. Love is willing good for another. We didn't have it, and God gave it to us. God opened up through his son the riches of his mercy and love. Our hope, our joy, is not in ourselves. Our hope and our joy is in the risen Christ, who has conquered death and opened up for us the path to eternal life, where every tear will be wiped away. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.